Talk Live. Hello, and welcome to the Reigns and Ed Show on the Free Talk Live Network. In a busy week, we have information on the latest update on Elon Musk's attempt to crush the Reigns and Ed Show, and you all know that that is for real. <laughs> Immigrants take a stand against immigration. 63% of Americans think a third political party is needed. Robert Kennedy Jr. plans to run as an independent. And whose campaign does he hurt more? Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin starts to raise money for a presidential run while Nikki Haley surges in the polls. And in probably the most important scientific study in recent memory, gay sex between animals evolved for a very important reason. Plus, your listener voicemails. I'm Henry Rains. I'm Mark Edge. And yes, you are. And Mark is, you know, there's so much that's happened this week. So much that's so close and dear to our hearts, especially your heart, and uh, and if it's dear to your heart, it's it's in the vicinity of my heart. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, the, the regular listeners have uh, absorbed all this for the past week. Now here it is, even though we pre-record just by a teensy bit. Uh, it's Friday when most people are hearing this for the first time, at least. I know a lot of you listen over and over again to get the fine points of, of the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> and, and really, that, that, that warms Mark's heart to see those <laughs> downloads and the streams. Me, I, I am just above it all. But Mark, Mark counts those things. And so you make him happy when you do that. And when Mark's happy, I'm happy. Indeed. And so when Mark's not happy, I'm not happy. Actually, I'm, I, I get along pretty well okay anyway. But there's been a lot happening in, in Mark's world this week. And, Mark, I, 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 I know that Ian Freeman is iconic to libertarians, but he's your, your co-founder, your friend, uh, probably one of the longest adult relationships you've had. This has nothing to do with that study I was talking about. But... <laughs> Uh, it has a little bit to do with it. <laughs> well, well, you know, they say that uh, males have trouble forming friendships, mm. and and then I would I would opine to add to that, and females don't have trouble fi- uh, forming friendships with other females so that they can hate them <laughs> that much better. <laughs> but but Mark, what all ha- has happened? Um, give, give us your your summary, and I've got questions. Well, um, so my longtime co-host Ian Freeman was sentenced on Monday to eight years in prison, and they took him into custody immediately, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, not to say that it should have been. I don't know whether it should have been, but it was. Um, you know, we had the expectation that he would have a couple few weeks before the uh, restitution hearing where he would know what his sentence was and be able to prepare for that because it truly could have been house arrest to the rest of his life in prison. And it was... Well, wait a minute. You mean like effectively the rest of his life in prison because it wasn't a life imprisonment penalty was there no it wasn't a life uh but he was facing something at, at one point he was facing over a hundred years uh, if you totaled them all up modern medicine right <laughs> they're not going to give it to convicts um they experimental 
But if you took all seven charges that uh, were currently in the mix and you ran them consecutively, it still could have been the remainder of his life, if that's the case. We didn't think that was a bunch of a possibility, and neither did the judge, apparently. So anyway, eight years. Um, It's been kind of a rough couple of days, so... Uh, you know, thinking about it, and I, but I did speak to his attorney this morning regarding his. At least as we speak, not as people listen. Correct. Right. Uh, Wednesday morning, I spoke to his uh, attorney, and first I need to define what post conviction relief means. Well, I think you, what was he found uh, guilty of? He's found guilty of, I'd say the major crime was conspiracy to commit money laundering. And then. Um, running an unlicensed money transmission business and tax evasion. And what's the difference between conspiracy to to money launder and money launder? Conspiracy is talking about it. Um, you know, there the suggestion is that he worked with, um, and this is what the conviction sort of says. The jury would have understand that uh, the narrative that was given. The jury um, definitely sided with what they decided now to call victims. And previously, they were just witnesses. Um, and these, uh, they sh- sided with the, the victims and their problems, um, you know, basically falling in love with, uh, you know, imaginary people and getting ripped off. The, whereas. Let, let me <laughs> turn for that a little bit. So there were, uh, scam artists. Yep. That preyed on, was it primarily females? Or, there was there was one guy that was being threatened by the IR imaginary IRS to send Bitcoin. Ladies and gentlemen, if the IRS calls you and wants you to send Bitcoin, it's a scam. The IRS is never going to call you, and they're never going to ask for Bitcoin. Never, ever going to ask for What Bitcoin. about lonely men? Will they call you and ask for Bitcoin? Well, they'll probably contact you on Facebook and that kind of thing. Lonely mm-hmm. people of all sorts. There are not singles in your area looking to meet you. Um, you know, like... Sorry. <laughs> Especially not single hot uh, people. Asian women? Yeah, not. Uh, but you, you've spoken a little bit. The algorithm knows your preference. <laughs> I, I, actually, I believe that's my friend's preferences because I never uh, take the bait. Okay. But I look at who the friends are that, you know, are. are, co- are, in, are in that Venn diagram where they're in the middle there. The, they're, they're friends of them and they're friends of me. Yeah. And it's sort of the same guys all the time. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, we, we digress. I got, I got what you're saying now. Yeah. So Where were we? anyway, um, I was talking to Ian's attorney about the um, appeal. And like all attorneys, he is uh, hopeful uh, before everything, anything's been done that this will be very effective. And uh, But I would caution everybody that... Just because Ian wins an appeal doesn't necessarily mean he does less time. Let me ex- give, let me explain. Um, I have not the sentencing paper hasn't come out. We just know that Ian's been sentenced to eight years. So how is that going to work out? Likely he's going to have eight years for the conspiracy to commit money laundering, and then there's going to be lesser amounts run concurrently at the same time um, with that eight years. So. If he's sentenced to, let's say, three years for the tax evasion charges, each one of them run concurrently, then he would have to do three years for the tax evasion charge. If he's sentenced uh, for the money transmitting charges at two years and then eight years for the uh, money laundering, then 
he would have to do, um, and then you took away all of the tax evasion charges. Nothing would change because he still has eight years. They're all run consecutive, concurrently, excuse me. Um, they're all run concurrently, so you Does can Does that take, mean at the same time? At the same time. They're all run at the same time, so pulling out half of the charges and diminishing and, and that thus the three years doesn't make a difference because you have to do eight years because he has to do eight years. So anyway, that's the difference between concurrent and consecutive. We'll see. I'm very, I'm hopeful. I, I do know so, that. So from a mathematical point of view, if for some reason the one with the biggest penalty g- gets dropped, that has the biggest effect on reducing time served. That has the only effect on time served. Now, it certainly could be that the appeals court sees merit in the appeal and says, you know what, pull him out of prison while we figure this out. That certainly is a possibility. And that could make a difference between weeks and months because it'll be many months on appeal. Now, what type of facility is he in right now or going to right now? Is, Is it federal? Is it... He's currently in the Merrimack County Jail being paid for by the... That hell. <laughs> well, it, it isn't the nicest place. Uh, I have been there. Um, the <laughs> well, I'm glad you visited him. I did. Um, so he was in the Merrimack County Jail, and uh, he is in the Merrimack County Jail, and he will likely remain there until the... At the very least, the what they what he's calling the judge is calling the uh, restitution hearing. Um, so there's more to come, and this is why I didn't expect him to go to prison now. Now, as I understand it, there's a fine for the the violations that yep. he's been. The government doing. demands forty thousand. And now, who is the restitution for? The restitution now. Ian asked in his allocation speech that he his what speech allocation I believe is the terminology. What's that speech? Uh, my I'm sorry speech. The remorse and mercy yeah. plea. Um, and, you know, one of the things he said is, is, hey, look, I'm in a difficult position. I don't believe I'm guilty. And I have appeals in. But here's what I think about what happened. And he gave a r- great speech that soon will be available at ian.freetalklive.com. That's ian.freetalklive.com. It may be there as we speak. I saw some of the re- news reports, I think yeah. including the Associated Press and then local, and they said that he got uh, an ovation from the spectators in the courtroom. That's correct. He did. They say, you know, many of the spectators. Did the clapped. judge bang the gavel nope. and say, shut up, you people. No, the judge. Riff-raff. The the judge did not uh, stop people from reacting. Um, you know, the jury's not there. Was so. there a tear in his eye? I can't see that far. <laughs> well, I, I probably couldn't have either. Um, he's, he's gone through. The judge has been through a few of these. I think he's probably emotionally uh, hardened, um, at least to some extent. So in the allocation speech, he well, you asked me a question. Then you took me off track, and I'm sorry. I've, I've forgotten what the, the question was. Well, the, uh, so you. the question was very relevant. Right. <laughs> So basically, in his speech, he oh the restitution, the restitution. Yes. Okay. What, what he asked, uh, he asked in the speech that the money that he uh, that he not be fine that the money not go to the government to drop million dollar bombs on ten dollar tents uh, half a world away, but in fact be given to the uh, the victims of the scam artist. Um, even though now, he, does the government already have the money? 
That's the other hearing. So uh, if there's another hearing that's going to go on at the same time, which is it's restitution and forfeiture. So there are three financial aspects to this. There is a fine, mm-hmm. there is restitution, and there is forfeiture. Now, let me explain each of those. The fine is this is what you've got to pay to the government for doing a bad thing. And that is separate from the other two. Restitution is what do you have to pay to help make whole for your level for your participation in this crime these victims and then three um, you may not keep the proceed the government is not going to return to you the proceeds of a crime so if they determine that a um, you know that a certain amount of money is proceeds of a crime which likely the cash that Ian had in his safe which was I think six figures if I remember correctly okay. um, that that is therefore Forfeited. It doesn't matter what the fine is. They're going to take it all. Now, I don't know whether or not the forfeiture will be applied to the fine and then just the rest of it taken or uh, you know, whether it's just all taken and then you have to pay the fine. I can't answer that. And did they get any Bitcoin when they closed down the business? Or? When they – a little – some. So there was – the most Bitcoin that was taken was a – novelty piece that was given to uh, Ian uh, long ago by a friend. And that novelty piece is a 100 Bitcoin coin. You can touch it. But they destroyed it um, by pulling off the uh, hologram off the back, which is kind of like saying, we're going to keep our action comics number one for you by taking all the pictures of it and then setting it on fire. Okay, so did they save the the, the coin address? exists. The address for the right. Bitcoin? They have the Bitcoin. They have the coin, but the coin has been, you know, the mint condition coin is, uh, comic has been opened, okay. essentially. I turned into but, something. But, I mean, they still have access to whatever wallet the 100 Bitcoin are in? Yes. Well, that's a significant amount of money. It is. Have I told you about the scammer that... Got me to give my life savings because they said I really had a cute smile. <laughs> I, I, they said they were in New Hampshire. That's I, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. It's not something to be made light of. Is but I mean, what else can you? You do? might be right. Everybody should contact the uh, the state's attorney and say, "Hey, yeah. I got scammed. I need some money." Yeah, I was wondering if there might be like one of those. Uh, have you been exposed to you know asbestos type ads? That <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. How many identified victims are there? Um, I can say that there was probably about a half a dozen people that uh, they brought in to testify. Okay. I don't know how many. But, but you don't know how many, they, how many they had in reserve? The claim is is that 73% of the transactions were not tainted by um, sort of scammers. They, they cannot prove that... Um, they can only prove that scammers were involved in 27% of the transactions. Hmm. But not 27% of the volume. I believe it's the volume. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, that's sort of the, the state of things. Yeah. But uh, tell us about Ian. I mean, when did you first meet him? Um. Well, I met him when I uh just down the road here. Um, when I, my first day of working at... Clear Channel Communications in Sarasota, Florida. I met one of the DJs at the rock station at the time, and he, you know we uh, struck up a friendship. And after Ian was a DJ, 
Ian was a DJ. And it, was this back when you had live DJs and they actually played the, the music consecutively? It wasn't like when they just recorded a few liners and then they used that on a bunch of stations. They recorded a few liners, and but they did it for one station and they did it in the studio. So it was the interim between real jocks doing breaks, live breaks, and... Now, Clear Channel was a big deal back then. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, they were like the number one radio company. And certainly in this market, yeah. Yeah. And, and what was the... What, what time slot did Ian have? Ian didn't have a slot. He was a, uh, he was a floater. He was fill, filling in. So he was, you know, he was a young guy. So, so more than an intern, but... Yeah. He didn't get the the appearance fee of going down to the nightclub on the weekend, right? He did get some appearance fees uh, by really? going to radio stations and things like and, that. And, and what, what, car what, dealerships. Okay. Um, but he was he a nightclub kind of appearance? No, no one would come to see Ian at a nightclub. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I talked to him long ago. I don't think I've ever seen him in real life. Oh, interesting. Yes. Well, I, I've seen pictures. But yeah. I, I imagine he probably looks like the pictures. He does. He looks a lot like them. That's how cameras yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys hit it off right away? Yeah. We've, uh, we, we always like to talk about issues rather than um, anything else. So we, now, now, who was the libertarian first? He was. And did he I would have just called you? myself a, a ditto head with, uh, some abra- some, with some deviant Republican thoughts. Um, de- Non-Republican thoughts. Deviant non-Republican uh, ideas. But wow. I think that's how most people are, right? Like most people adhere to their party's line to some percentage, but they don't agree with everything it says. No, I don't know about that. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the? Uh, how do you feel about gun gun ownership? Exactly like Democrats feel? No, there I don't know. How, I don't know how Democrats feel, but I know how the. Um, I have the, the, the party reacts. <laughs> I know how the special interests uh, feel, and. Yeah. Or even more importantly, what they give money for you to say. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, you, we're getting off. Enough about me. Let's get back to you. <laughs> All right. So you you got had this uh, you know uh, common interest. You, you talked and so like that. When did it become something like hey, we should do a radio show? It didn't. Um, so Ian, how did this happen then? Right. So Ian told me. That his life's dream was to be a talk show host. Um, we ended up actually. How old was he at this point? So Ian is 30, 20. Maybe he's 20 years old. All his life he had. It was his life's dream. I mean, 20 year olds have life's dreams? Sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, he, he and I started, what he wanted to do was he wanted to meet up and do a sort of networking thing together where we would uh, talk about what we had to do during the week and just sort of efficiency group. I don't know how to describe it, but where the two of us got together and talk about goals for the month or something and what we wanted to achieve and, you know, in our businesses and things like that. So we got together and we did So that. like Amway? It was like that, yeah. As a matter of fact, at the time, he was selling magnetic mattress covers from a company called... Nikon, Nikon, something like that. Um, so those weren't for waterbeds? I don't know. <laughs> you're not, I'm, I'm thinking you're not like, allowed to bring it back to other week yeah. jokes. <laughs> okay. Other weeks jokes. Topics. Yeah, topics. The Because <laughs> people won't know. Anyway. That's um, why you've got to go download more of the 
the podcast. The <laughs> just you can just you can Google Reigns and Edge or your favorite search engine. You can do this, and uh, you'll find in in nice twenty minute digestible chunks. You will find it somewhere. Yeah, we have the segments and the whole show, uh, depending on how you want to listen to it, or the Free Talk Live Network. You can go and download it there too. So. At these events, I of course found uh, found out a lot about Ian because it's only the two of us sitting at uh, like a Perkins restaurant at a Denny's, you know, talking mm-hmm. about our goals. And um, he, so I found out that he wanted to be a talk show host. I was friends with the manager of the entire radio station group. He was the one who hired me on, so he had a special interest in me. I mentioned to Big Jim Davis, the voice of WORFM in New York City. I mentioned to him that this is what Ian's goal was. Um, once the the radio, the, the rock station flipped formats to a talk station, I mentioned to Big Jim that uh, Ian wanted to be a talk show host. Big Jim said, "Get me a um, air have, check." Yeah, an air check. Have him get me an audition, and um, Ian got him an audition. And he got a segment on the show, or, a, you know, Siberia. It was a Sunday night from 7 to 11 p.m. And he was, you know, he was very excited about it. He was on with another friend. And that guy, and he did the show for a long time, like a year or so. But anyway, um, the first night he asked me, hey, will you cover phones? Uh, because, you know, I'd just broken up with my fiance at the time, and it's like, sure, I'll cover co- phones with you. Sounds like fun. And then Ian starts talking as wrong. And there was a microphone in front of me, so I pulled it over and I explained to him why he was wrong. And that's really how the show was born. Uh, what the other, about the, and the third other guy, person? He chuckled a lot. Oh. So, right from the very beginning, you were getting ready to muscle that other guy out and take <laughs> over. <laughs> well, you know. To some extent, that's uh, some things are destiny. <laughs> that's, that's how these things can go, right? Somebody's got to somebody's got to get a knife in the back. Thanks, Mike. It was great for uh, working with you. Yeah. <laughs> or as they call you off the air, Pete Best. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So now you're. I don't know who Pete, Pete Best is. Uh, he was the fifth Beatle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we've got lots more coming up here. Whereas we go down memory lane with Mark and. Uh, his journey to wherever he is now and, and why he's talking to me. Uh, you listen to Rains and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org.
It's Rains and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Henry Rains. I'm Mark Edge. And we're going down memory lane here with Mark. I'm looking back. Actually, now we're almost in the origins of Free Talk Live. If you haven't, you probably want to go back and listen to that. We did a quick summary of problems in the judicial system that Ian Freeman has faced. Uh, But we got into how Mark and Ian got together and we're going to explore that a little bit more now. So uh, just to help you get to where we are right now, if you're just tuning in after the messages that you heard over the air, we found uh, Mark and Ian at the first night of Ian's debut talk show on in Sarasota, Florida, or Sarasota, Bradenton, greater metro area. And did did it go up to Tampa at that point? This was on 105.9 when it was licensed to Rotunda at 4,500 watts. So, no, sometimes it didn't make it to the studio. Was this, was, but this was an FM station, though. It was an FM station. It's about as small as an FM station. Did they turn it down at night? I don't think, they generally don't with FMs. No, no, they did not. All right. Didn't bounce it off the Gulf and (laughs) send it up to St. Pete or anything. No. All right. So you're, you're the first night, and Mark almost immediately started worming his way into the second chair and getting rid of poor old Mike, the fifth Beatle there, and, uh, or the, the third Simon and Garfunkel or whatever. Adopted child of the mamas and papas who was kicked to the curb at some rest area. But uh, just as a sidebar to this, because you said my words. You were groomed by right-wing talk radio for this this gig. And it, it, this was 20, what, 21 years ago? Yeah, I guess it would be 21 Cause it, years Because it wasn't really Free Talk Live yet. Yeah. Um, not well, what was it called? In, well, the first show was called Free Talk Live. Really? Yeah. That was Ian's. Ian's idea. Yeah, he came up with the name of the show. Was he already planning this libertarian takeover? He, um, so he worked... What was called at the time Real Radio 105.9. He was one of the board ops for uh, that. And he was paid the same as he was as a DJ, but they didn't get the appearance fees. And so while he's sitting there board opping and doing push-ups or whatever in the, um, you know, during uh, programming or that I've never seen the board op do a push-up. Well, this this board op, I, more than one time I'd walk into the studio, he'd have his shirt off doing push-ups, drinking a big milk carton, uh, milk jug full of water. Um, he drank one every day. Okay. So <laughs> That should have been your warning, but go ahead. <laughs> um, so... He listened to. Oh, you were buff back then too. He came up with it. I was. um, He came up with his idea for the show at that time uh, while sitting there and just sort of wait, wait, wait. wait. So you had come out of a working in a gym, right? Yep. And now Ian's there, shirt off, doing push-ups, hydrating himself. Uh huh. And you're the ex-gym guy. Uh huh. Was it really the political talk, or were you just sort of? That the the like a bromance thing going on there. <laughs> um, I I I think I liked that Ian took wild positions, and I like to argue against those positions because I have always been the sort of the voice of reason. No, this is how you do things because this has the the least negative okay. externalities. So the the mutual mutual appreciation of your buffness was just a sidebar. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. All right. So we're, we're there. So 21 years ago, and you've been groomed on right-wing talk radio. 
What was the issue that really fired both of you up back then? Well, uh, the first issue that we talked about on Free Talk Live was the right to um, was they were the Florida amendment to ban smoking in businesses was oh, the world would end. Right. I mean, you know, like my position is that you should be able to run your business the way you want to run your business. If you want to let people smoke in your business, whatever it might be, let's say it's a radio station, then if they don't like it, they can go to the radio station that has non-smoking. Now, personally, I'm not going to go to a restaurant that allows smoking. I'm just not interested in it anymore. I've lived in a world where we don't smoke in restaurants enough. I don't have to live like this any longer, and I'm not going to. But... It's one of the reasons I don't go to nightclubs and bars. Uh, I, I don't want to smell that stuff. But I think that that should be somebody else's – it should be the business owner's decision, not the um, just the public at large telling people how to run their business. And I will just say one phrase that – just to fire up the, the, the libertarians in Keene – is what is mistaken uh, or what is portrayed as freedom of choice is really – the tyranny of a minority that has the power, which is flip side of the libertarianism. But let's go back to UNEN. And- it's anti-democratic because the business owner gets to make the decision. And then, of course, if they let no, the smokers be, it's be See, you got to go back farther. Like when I was little and on the end cap of the – Publix is the main grocery chain in the southeast United States. Uh, they, it, when I was little – there were um, ashtrays, stand-up ashtrays at the end of the aisle as you go down every other row at Publix. So even it could have been a minority of people were choosing to smoke, you were exposing children and others to the the negative effects. You're externalizing the cost. But this isn't a libertarian back and forth yet. It's it's yeah. not reins and edge about ashtrays at Publix for the three year olds sucking up the fumes. It's about but we can do that. It, it's no, no. It's I, I, so that was the issue. The, yeah. and, and all right, I, 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 you're not going to suck me into this. <laughs> cigarette, cigarette, we, we, cigarette we, smoke. We have hours in our future that um, I know it would be compelling because you're under the impression that you're right, and it makes for good radio. <laughs> But, uh, so that, that was motivational. I was like, 21 years ago, and then, it would be 2002. So it was um, then, George H.W. Bush. No, George W. Bush administration. Yeah, Bush, the Bush administration had pretty much We'd started. We'd already had 9-11. It was post-9-11. And then basically we did. You guys did, fired up Patriots then of, a, you know, go get the, the uh, people that did this to us? No. Ian's been anti-war the whole time. I will admit to have been pro-Iraq uh, war until I saw what happened when they, you know, did the Iraq war. Like, it was just... It, so it's you were re- very pro-Afghan invasion. Uh. I, yeah, if they could have told me that uh, the Canadians were hiding um, Osama bin Laden and I'd been for pro- invading Canada. Uh, it wouldn't have made a difference. So so, so we're here. In, in, in Sarasota, the show launches and... What's the reaction? Um, well, we were uh, we, we wall-to-wall calls uh, for the entire now, time. Now, if they put anything on there, would it have been wall-to-wall calls, or was this unusual for that station, especially on a Sunday? Nobody night? cared about uh, 105.9 WYNF, and this was a great uh, thing. We were offered within two weeks, offered to go weeknights, and we did. And we were on weeknights for about a year. Then, or, excuse me, I was on for... I was on for about four months. Then the sales manager uh, came and said, hey, Mark, 
do you want to run, uh, you want to be the sales manager for 105.9 to be YNF? And I'm like, not for this little dinky station. I got, you know, I got other plans. And he said, well, then you're fired because I can't have somebody working for another radio station. I was working for a radio station across town, but being on my air. And I'm like, okay, you sure you don't want to be the sales manager? No. And so I was off the air. And and you don't have to identify, but what type of station were you working for across town? It was it was a basically a talk station, you know. Um, was it AM? Yeah, AM. Um, you know, maybe it was a good so, idea, maybe it wasn't. But so I you were on an FM talk. Yep. Really, sort of groundbreaking at that point. Mm-hmm. And you were on a. A little Sarasota AM station. Yeah, I just didn't think in this market that a um, that the hot talk format, you know, the let's talk about you know things and disagree and and uh, you know talk about girls and locker room stuff and things like that, that the hot talk format was going to fly in Sarasota, Florida, which was full of old people. And were you doing a good income in the Sar- other Sarasota station? Sufficient. Was it an AM standalone station? Yep, AM standalone. Okay. It was doing doing okay, not not the greatest, not the worst. So I managed that for a little while. Then uh, they flipped for, they flipped the format on that station and turned it back to something musicy and fired Ian. Ian then took the show, put it on a different AM standalone talk station um, in Sarasota, Florida, and I would. You know, show back up for I think it was called Manwich Thursdays. Manwich was my name on the air, and I would be mm-hmm. on Thursday nights. And then no, no trademark uh, issues over that. It, it, that comes a little later in the story. Okay. <laughs> so then um, I was managing the AM that I was managing, uh, twelve twenty, and Ian started working for me as a board op. And then at some point he brought the show over. And now, which station did you? Yeah, because you just identified a station. Yep. Which one? Twelve twenty. Okay. So I was managing twelve twenty. Ian came to work for me. He brought Free Talk Live. Were over. you doing the morning show then? Yep, I did okay. the morning show. I think I heard you a few times. Then thank you. Then, <laughs> um, then Ian, uh, he was when he was working for me. He decided, hey, we got this uh, space in on the station. I'd like to bring Harry Brown, the Harry Brown show on. He was the one-time uh, Libertarian candidate for president. He did a show. It was pretty good. He called the syndicate who had them, GCN Genesis Communications Network, asked them about when he you know got Harry Brown, but he asked them, hey, do you have any spots for shows? And they said yes. So. Free Talk Live then went national on three stations. <laughs> and that was what year? 2004. And that time you're still in Sarasota. Yep. Okay. And then in uh, they went, it went national, and we began to grow it. By the time we moved up to New Hampshire in September 2006, we were on 25 radio stations and making a living. Okay. that You sort of jumped there. Okay. Now, you were, you were you were making money in Sarasota at the station you were at, right? Yep. You making a livelihood. Yeah, paying at your some, bills. At some point, I moved over to SRQ Magazine. Um, I, I left the the station. I didn't feel like there was a lot of upward and mobility. SRQ was the, the lifestyle. Uh, every city has every city of decent size has a magazine that features local people, local yep. venues, et cetera. 
and but it really does have a sort of a, a captive advertiser base because mm-hmm. it's got the, the get that back. Well, well, first of all, we have to explain some things. <laughs> Many years ago, there were these things called magazines, <laughs> and they some of them had color on the inside in print that you would read, and you would turn the pages. And you would get the story, and in between the stories would be advertisements, and you would sell those things, advertisements that were visual, and uh, because there could only support usually one of those magazines in an urban area, uh, anybody that wanted to do print advertising, which many years ago people did things called print advertising, uh, you you had some contracts and you locked them in, and you had a yep probably a. Probably had a base that a was book. pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, had a good book. And, and they once you once you got your book big enough, did they fire you so they could put take him in house and then put <laughs> get a new guy on? They don't do that kind of thing at SRQ. No. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, no, they they and I you know had a, a significant level of competence. So I left. I said thank you very much, and I still go see my friends over there pretty regularly. I like them; they're good folks. Did they have a website back then when you were there? No. I don't think so. I don't think they've gotten it yet. So even in 2005, yeah. uh, the the magazine did not have a website. They might have had a website, but it was nothing more than, you know, fill this out and subscribe mm. or whatever. Print this and, and mail it in. That was <laughs> only 17 years ago. Yeah. Well, the world's changed, right? Yes, it has. Although I, I will say that the iPhone my, my, my radio show had a website back then. The, the iPhone hadn't even come out at that point. In fact, I, not, not that I would ever uh, tout my own horn, toot my own horn, <laughs> but uh, the, the web hosting company uh, got a little upset with how much bandwidth we were using at one time. Yeah, that is pretty, that's, you know what? That's a nice, that's a nice humble brag. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just like what? Why does that make a difference? <laughs> so we moved up in 2006 to New Hampshire for the well, Free State well, Project. That, that's what I wanted to get okay. to. So why? What, what what was going on in 2006? How did it get your attention? And whatever got your attention, when did it really start? Before you heard about it. So um, Ian found out. Like you know, one of the problems with running a ri- libertarian radio program is is that the Republicans know the solution to. Democrat politics, which is vote Republican. The Democrats know the solution to Republican politics. That's vote Democrat. However, the solution to the two-party system isn't vote Libertarian. Because, I I mean, uh, when does a Libertarian win? And at that time, it was never. So the idea of telling our audience, hey, you know, there's these problems. Why don't you vote Libertarian? Seemed like a very hollow solution. And in the same, and that way, bothered you. <laughs> yes, it did. Okay. And so, what, what's a better solution? How about move everybody to one state and see what happens and when freeze their butts off? <laughs> freeze their butts off. See what happens when there's enough of uh, uh, of, of putting them together, and you know. So let me just put this in perspective for the people that aren't in New Hampshire listening to you. So you're in a community that's growing, making a livelihood. You're in a place that periodically is voted the best beach in the United States of America. And you never have to shovel snow. You're never going to slip on the sidewalk and break your hip from ice. Um, You're going to walk around when you're not working in shorts and flip-flops. And you said, let's move to New Hampshire. 
I did. Okay. All right. I just wanted people to understand that. Uh, I think that for me, it was the draw of being on the radio. Um, I was on you were the already radio. on the radio. I was. So how could it be the draw of being on the radio? Well, I would be off the radio if Ian moved the show up to New Hampshire and I didn't move. Well, you just do over Zoom. I'm sorry. Zoom didn't exist. Skype oh. didn't exist well enough. And, and we weren't going to. Trying to do that just doesn't work as well as uh, being in the studio. And, and, and Ian was determined. He, he yeah. did not give you a vote on this. I probably could have drugged my feet and made things more difficult for the move, but um, yeah, I mean, Ian was was. But, but at this point, you're already on the 25 stations. Yeah. So you already had a livelihood. We were building it, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, we moved, and I, I think it was great. I'm glad that we had. Moved. You already lived, always lived in Florida up until that time. Yep. Okay. My whole life, I lived in Florida, and not so bad. You wear more clothes. Uh, I chose to live out in the country and have a f- little farm. Well, you were still in an age where you could deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I still slip on the ice, though. Um, no. I'm still bitter about that part. <laughs> yeah. And I never really got into any of the winter sports. If you, To me, living up north, you've got to have a winter sport to really make it make sense. Indoor pickleball. Mm, well. They didn't have that either. No, pickleball hadn't, probably had not yet been invented. Well, it had been, but okay. nobody knew it. Okay. You'd know better the history of pickleball than I. Yes. Okay. So then 20, you know, from 2006 till... All right. So you're up there, and why did you choose Keen? This is the part... This is, now, now we're getting into the bitterness part. <laughs> what, what did Keen in 2006 look like? There was this uh, activist named Russell Canning, whom Ian uh, glorified, because he, at the time, Ian didn't believe that you could solve any problems by participating within the political system. You had to do things from without. And there was this outside the system activist who, you know, went and threw snowballs at the IRS uh, office in Keene, New Hampshire. He uh, um, would go in and uh, do silent protests inside the office and get arrested. He, um, you know, did a variety of things. And Ian was really excited about that guy. Now he does sometimes uh, flat earth outreach tables in uh, different places that he lives. I think he might have moved back to New Hampshire, but he left for about 15 years. Ian was excited about this guy, decided to move to Keene where he was and bought a house. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said about the flat earth theory. <laughs> there's a lot to be said about it, yes. So isn't the earth like 70% covered with water? Correct. Is it carbonated water? No. So technically it's flat. <laughs> there you go. All right. Rather salty. <laughs> I never thought I'd get to use that. <laughs> okay. So you're there at Keene. And how many people live there? Uh, Keene, New Hampshire, probably has about 20,000 people who aren't college students. And was it 20,000 back when you were moved there? Yeah, it's pretty much So it's just sort of status quo. Yeah. It, the population of New Hampshire is growing slightly. And New Ham- and and a large percentage of that, probably not a majority of it, a large percentage of those people are free staters that are moving in. When when did the term free state movement happen? Start. It was called the Free State Project. I think it was in started in two thousand and one or two thousand and two. They picked New Hampshire in two thousand and five. 
How did they pick New Hampshire? It was a vote. The first 5,000 participants in the Free State Project voted on which state they wanted to see among all the states. Was this an online vote, or did they mail stuff in? I think it was an online vote. In some manner, I didn't participate. They had at least invented that by then. I wanted to. I did. I wanted to know what state was chosen before I participated for some dumb reason, um, <laughs> and so there were. They picked the bottom quarter of states. Um, basically, it had to have less than two million population, and then the founder excluded Rhode Island for corruption and Hawaii for just being, um, you know, holy. So on the move, did Ian get there first? No, we moved the same day. Okay. We moved up in the same truck. All right. And were you single at that time or you were? My wife followed me. Okay. So she came up later. Cautiously. She uh, wasn't real excited about it, but she did want to have yeah. a baby very badly. <laughs> well, I didn't know New Hampshire is where she was more fertile. <laughs> well, um, it's where I was. Okay. Well, I guess if there's positives all right so you're up there you get it you already had the show going it's it's already strong did it like get a boost from being up there i ian considers the time in spent in new hampshire to be when free talk live was sort of real that everything before that was all practice so but what do you consider i do like the shows when we burned the bridge right so if you want to win a war you take your troops across the bridge and you burn the bridge, and that's how you win the battle or whatever. Well, you sort of mess up your logistical supplies. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, the details. <laughs> Indeed, um, I'm not not a modern battle. <laughs> if you want to win an ancient battle, you march them over, burn the bridge. Yeah, okay. So we had burned the bridge by moving to New Hampshire, and the show had to be good. So yeah, I do feel like it. Where'd you first live? In New Ham- in Keene? Yeah. Well, oh. yeah. At Ian's house. I was in his guest room and then about for about a month and then rented a place and then uh, bought a piece of property, built a house and raised a kid and the whole thing. Is that the house that the studio's in now? Yes. Same house okay. the whole time. So he, for from 2006 on, he was there. Yes. And you, you found separate abode, mm-hmm. but there's other people there now. Lots and lots of them. And they don't live communally or anything like that. It's just different houses and just selfishly. get together. <laughs> <Real> libertarians. Indeed. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> so, uh, right. They you know get together and pay, the, pay for their own meals okay. and uh, so let, let, eat let's, let's take a jump. Uh, Bitcoin is introduced what year? 2010? In December two, 28, 2010, a caller, Jeremy West, calls in and discusses this magic internet money. We were quite skeptical. Okay, t- time out. Jeremy, you don't need to leave a voicemail about how we need to send you more Bitcoin. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Gonna, please continue. I think people should send Jeremy Bitcoin. No, they should send me Bitcoin. This <laughs> is all the I don't get any credit. Give it away. <laughs> and you found out about Bitcoin sort of separately from me. Anyway, then in January of that... of 2020, uh, 2011, the then head developer of Bitcoin, who was also a amplifier of our show, guy who paid you know a certain amount per month in order to get episodes that were commercial free, he says, hey, I've heard you talk about Bitcoin. I want to clear some things up for you. Can I come up for lunch? He calls that the most profitable lunch of his lifetime because he credits Free Talk Live. Now who is that? His name's Gavin Andreessen. Okay. He Andreessen co- Horowitz? 
No, I, I don't know is who it, that is. That he's not part of Andreessen Horowitz. No, I don't know what that. I don't know what that it's means. A big venture capital company. No, he's not. Oh, okay. He uh, <laughs> somebody stole his name and <laughs> ran with it. Yeah, I, uh, well, whatever. He he did change his name to Andreessen. Anyway, he decided to uh, come up, talk to us. He, um, you know, over the course of, say, a couple of hours at the Thai restaurant in Keene, New Hampshire, explained Bitcoin. I offered to sell him some podcast right. ads. We, we have got to take a time out here. I was so enraptured by this discussion. We'll continue it on the other side. You're listening to me, Brains and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome to Reigns and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. It's the Nostalgia <laughs> Memory Lane episode of Reigns and Edge. I'm Henry Reigns. I'm Mark Edge. And promise we won't take this till the very end of the three-hour block, but we have passed over the one-hour block here of looking back on the birth of Free Talk Live and lots of stuff I didn't know about. Uh, even though I was tangentially, experientially uh, present for some of this when in the Sarasota phase of it all, and I hear, they hear about uh, the New Hampshire phase, we are just we got through the move to New Hampshire. We just heard about the uh, beginning of the Bitcoin phase of Free Talk Live, ongoing Bitcoin phase, and. Certainly did not know where it would take all the participants at that point in time. Um, we certainly physically did. and otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you just to digress a little bit. So your your wife wife to be followed you up, or was she already your wife? She's my wife. Yeah, it, it followed you up to New Hampshire. Just to make sure you you weren't as crazy as she thought you might be for doing it. And then you had your your son Jack, two thousand eight, and is he cognizant of, of this history of your early radio life and your sales life and all this kind of stuff and how he wound up in this freezing north? To, in his I youth? think kids are mostly concerned about themselves. They have to be right in order to make it. So he's cognizant of these things, but he's Probably doesn't care much, um, you know. Well, but has it ever been recorded for him? I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure it's been talked about in his presence. No, no, no. I mean, I spent for posterity. No, I don't think so. So any future grandchildren <laughs> could have this, yeah. and they could. I mean, they, you, there's lots of uh, samples of your voice, and indeed. <laughs> so if these grandchildren to be. 
and great-grandchildren to be can hear that. But to hear about the youthful <laughs> Papa. <laughs> well, yes. I, uh, uh, Papa. <laughs> I have no idea. What I'm sure that he'll get me back, though, because <laughs> when he was... Young, well, I, I gotta tell this whole story. It's, it's, it's relatively interesting. So, um, part of the negotiations of having a kid was I got to name him. And Laura thought, ah, what's the worst case scenario if he gets to name the child? Rufus. <laughs> so I chose Thor Stormbringer Edgington. Thor's a perfectly fine first name and used in a small geographic How area. How long did it take for her to know you weren't joking? Uh, a few, a few iterations, a few, uh, you know, a few times talking about it. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. Thor Stormbringer Edgington. Um, Compromise on Captain America Edgington. <laughs> so she started to get nervous, uh, you know, pregnant and nervous. She calls my mom and pulls out the big gun and points it, levels it right at me. My mom says, no, you can't do that. And. Uh, basically puts her foot down. I will not have my grandson be called Thor. No, not going to happen. So, and and just to think, to put people in the Times perspective, now Thor would be one of the more normal things you could call a child compared to what people pick now. Indeed. So and easy to spell, <laughs> right? Well, that's what I thought. It was relatively easy to spell. What's the problem? In fact, um, then. So with Laura, I decided, all right, well, you know, you guys win. Uh, I'll take as a uh, as a consolation prize. You've got to vote for Ron Paul in 2008. And so Laura voted for Ron Paul in the... Uh, you think? <laughs> I presume. <laughs> and, um, and I don't remember. I think that was in the primary. It was in the Republican primary. So she had to re... She had to register as a Republican and... Uh, or take a ballot as a Republican. And... Did you make her show you the... Voter registration? Uh, we were we went together. She didn't have to register Republican. It's oh. uh, different in New Hampshire. Okay. I know she took a Republican ballot, and she had to vote for one of them, and Ron Paul likely would be the one she voted. So I, I'm pretty confident she did what she said. But I, I didn't have my get back. You didn't somewhere. look at the undervotes? No. <laughs> um, one undervote and keen on the presidential election. <laughs> this would have been in uh, Westmoreland, New Hampshire. Oh. Westmoreland, as they pronounce it there. Okay. And then... Um, you, were, you were talking about your wife, Laura, and, and her vote for Ron Paul. Right. And, but I hadn't gotten my mother. I hadn't gotten her back for this whole... You know, intervention on my son's name. Why would you want to? Uh, I'm petty. Your, mother, your mama loves you. Uh huh. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, this is going to be my mother's first grandchild, and the first grandchild really gets to set the tone for the rest, right? They they come up with the name, you know. So is it Nana, Mima, um, you know, whatever the name might be. So I decided, well, that means. I can come up with the name. So I came up with the name Muffy. So Muffy isn't my mom's nickname. It's a title. She is Jack's Muffy. And in Jack's world, Muffy's Muffy. But, uh, you know, that was kind of the, the get back for the whole, you know, stopping me from having the... How cruel. I am, you wanted to drive that wedge between a, a Muffy and her grandson. <laughs> I think that it's uh, special and unique. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> How's Muffy taking it? Oh, she loves it. 
you know. Uh, so you failed. <laughs> I, th- I say I succeeded. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Uh, well, we're, we're almost up to the present day. We've got Jack out of the womb and yep. into the world. And I think that that's, um, you know, at some point or another, the, the, the next big thing is, is that at some point the FBI is investigating Ian for yeah, selling Bitcoin. Yeah, that was my Bitcoin. next question. So when did you go from this blissful new fatherhood period becoming a, a, a advocate of Bitcoin before it really had um, made a financial difference in the world. When did you become public enemy? <laughs> I think that Ian um, discovered that activism isn't a big emotional payoff. Like it, it, it doesn't get a lot done. So he thought the best way to get uh, the kind of world work for the kind of world he was looking for was to sell Bitcoin to more people, to get it in the hands of more people. So it became a mission of the church, the church that owned Free Talk Live. And wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. The church on Free Talk Live, the church right. of Free Talk Live, or on Free Talk Live? The Shire Free Church owns Free Talk Live because Free Talk Live is a moral teaching pl- platform. When did the church become into existence? A uh, year or two before the FBI began, the year or two before it started selling Bitcoin. Okay. So, so that was an independent idea. Yep, it was. Okay. And it was probably in large part to take advantage of the tax savings that would come with a, um, you know, a church as opposed to a business. Um, you know, so we did. So it's organized as a nonprofit? It's organized as a, uh, a what they call a free church. Uh, so it doesn't have, we organize within the state, not with the IRS. We don't have a 501c3 uh, organization. So then Ian starts, you know, going on localbitcoins.com, selling bitcoins to people uh, for, you know, the profit of which is a church donation. And then it goes into the coffers and that sort of thing. Okay. So now we're getting in the area that I don't want to, I don't want to inquire too closely because uh, just gets inside baseball and also gets in stuff we probably too relevant to talk about. It. <laughs> I don't want to be subpoenaed on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, well, but it does bring up another thought. So, uh, spiritually, uh, you know, the, the the show has a mission, and under the aegis of the the Shire Church. But where are you spiritually? Where am I now or at the time? Either. Okay. Well, um, at the time I was going to a Quaker meeting and. Why? Because I've just, it just fits with me. Quakers don't have a minister. They don't have a creed. No one tells me what I've got to think. I can come up with my own stuff. Um, and my own relationship with God. I don't need somebody else telling me. And. Did you listen to the podcast I sent you about justice? I don't remember which one, when you sent it. and Okay. So you know. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, right, I'm i still a Quaker. As a matter of fact, I'm the head minister of Free Friends Worldwide. I decided that Quakers and me are a little... like a dating service. <laughs> it's uh, uh, that we're a little different. And yeah. I wanted to... Uh, resurrect the, there's always been free friends, but free friends were very big. As a matter of fact, the Betsy Ross was a free friend. The, the lady who made the U.S. flag, 
She was not only a Quaker, but she was specifically a free friend as opposed to a friend. And the idea was... Was she in Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay. And... Yeah, I think uh, Benjamin Franklin uh, requisitioned her to do it. If I'm no, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I don't think he was, uh, you know, managing to, to a dalliance with a with a good Quaker. But anyway, so yeah, How do you know? It, it seems unlikely. It's persuasive. Yeah. All right. Sidebar. <laughs> so, and what were you before Quaker? Because you went to a religious school growing up, right? Right. I went to the UU Church in Keene, the Unitarian Universalist Church in Keene. I just couldn't handle the minister comparing Barack Obama and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, it seemed like a you know ridiculous comparison, other than look, there's two black guys, and um, I just you know I was I was done. And this is this is why I can't be told what to do from the pulpit. I'm just a bad churchgoer. And, you know, prior to that, I went to uh, the Sarasota Celebration Center and... But, no, go all the way back to when you went to Bradenton Christian School. Sure. What years were those? Uh, They would have gone and started in, like, 1976 through... What grade? Kindergarten. Mm. And I went through eighth grade, and then I went to the public high school. And what did that... What affected those eight years? nine years have on you? Certainly. Um, my religious beliefs are informed by a patriarchal uh, sort of spiritual center. I, I, I believe in... I'm a monotheist as opposed to a polytheist. You know who is trying to send you a message there. You, <laughs> you can talk about Bitcoin. You can talk about libertarianism. But... Don't talk about the big guy, and I'm not talking Joe Biden here. So, the <laughs> uh, that was the uh, emergency alert. So, see, it's getting us both. See, that's just how powerful that is. Because I had my phone silenced. Right, mine was silenced, but it wasn't on airplane mode. Okay. As the case may be. Um, at some point, like I, I'm a theist. I don't know if I believe all the other stories that go into it. Um, I think the best way to understand where I'm coming from is is that although I think that all religious texts are important, that includes the Bible. I do not think that the Bible is the unerring word of God. Uh, that's all fine and good. I was really searching for more to hear about the the nightmares and you screaming from the indoctrination and stuff <laughs> like that. So if we're not going to go there, uh, well, it sounds like we're we're pretty much got up to date on this and much longer than the twenty minutes I initially allocated for all that. <laughs> but I'm sure that your uh, extended free talk live family uh, has have you ever sat down in front of the microphone for the Free Talk Live family to go this de- far into depth on it? No, I don't think they so. They had they had to get in bits and pieces over listening to you for like twenty years. Yeah. Oh, what a burden that would have been. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. Some really enjoy it. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to stand it. <laughs> well, so now what's the future? Because you're you're all over the world and you. you you know, searching out libertarian this and that. 
I have, spoke with the captain and Bonnie in Keene, New Hampshire. Both of them want to run two live shows per week. And then, of course, we have three recorded shows that are going on. So that's seven days a week. We're covered. Two and three is five. So the captain will do two. Oh, Bonnie will two do two. shows each. And then, as you know, we do three recorded shows. I know. We only know about one. <laughs> one that counts. But <laughs> And those... That should cover us all seven days a week, and you know we're continue to do free talk live. Honestly, Ian could be out in a few weeks. He could be out in a few years. I don't know the answer. They so, should do prison radio. I think that the prison radio is the biggest problem. Ian has called in from jail before, but if the Bureau of Prisons believes that Ian is not suffering. Right. Uh, sufficiently suffering. They will put him in the media management unit and they will manage his media at that point. Oh. And he I will. I thought he was going to be training people for radio. No. <laughs> this is in media management. Uh, Carbondale, Illinois, and this is not a place you want to go. This is okay. where Christopher Cantwell, one of our ex co hosts, that we got fired off the air before everybody else hated him. We hated him. Um, <laughs> no, Ian has uh, long uh, ministered to, to Cantwell. All right. Well, and so here we are doing this, and I understand that next week we aren't going to do this as definitely not face-to-face. Right. I have to travel off to uh, Europe Wherever. for the uh, the long-awaited Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. If you go to, It's finally here. Yep, libertyinourlifetime.com, I think. You can look it up. Um, <laughs> and I think it's Lifetime Liberty also will get you there. Anyway... Go look it up, uh, you know, and be at the convention. Say hi, uh, like so many do. What city is it in? Prague, uh, Czech Republic. You know, Slovakia just elected a pro-Russia government. No, really? That's yeah. very interesting. Well, it's not a majority government, though, but in the plurality, you know, it's one of those European parliamentary things, divvy things up kind of. System. It's not a good two-party system. Right. <laughs> the uh, parliamentary system allows for smaller parties, and it seems to have some... Uh, that seems to work for them. All right. Well, what, anything else you want to say before we move on to something else? No, thanks for asking those questions. I have never really been interviewed about Free Talk Live in that way. I imagine so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, we'd have some... Uh, Listener voicemail, with the time we have left, I mean, let's get a little bit in. Um, so there was, by the way, I haven't even given out the voicemail. And 941-799-6033, you can leave a message there uh, until we get more interesting ones. You might get hurt on the air. Uh, when we play these back, we do have some new ones this week. And... Uh, we we also have a return engagement from Skeeter on the voicemail. Okay, but we have someone that I can only call a non, and that's because for some reason this person didn't leave their name on the voicemail. All three of him, three of them, he left. <laughs> so let me go. Which one do I want to do first here? Um, well, I'm certainly interested in a non at this point. I wonder whether I can uh, identify okay. him. So. Uh, yeah, some of the people that leave the voicemails are a little bit grumpy. Well, I guess we'll start this here. I'm looking at our, at our clock, and uh, we can always cut things short. But I believe we have this ready to play. Let's let's 
see if all these technical things are going to come together. This is in reverse order. This is the third one that Anon left, which was minutes around the closing, just minutes after the close of the last show. I believe that th this person was probably listening live rather than on a podcast site. But let's see what he had to say. Well, not very well. Oh, wait a minute. Did you catch your error? How does a 20... Now, if you call the voicemail, it's the my my greeting there. It says, hey, thanks for calling Reigns and Edge. Let us know how we're doing. Leave a message, something like that. But it's let, let us know how we're doing. And so that's what this very first short phrase from Anon is saying. Well, not very well. Did you catch your error? How does a 20-year broadcast professional not remember his own phone number? All right. Well, so you might. Now, what is he worried about? Uh, talking about here, so I actually isolated this that, that he is referring to. And let's hear what it is that I did that he felt motivated. It was you. Motivated to call for the third time. <laughs> yes, I, I'm the 20 year professional that he's referring to. Because it's both of us, what I. Well, that's, that's debatable on my part, but <laughs> we, we both started 20 years ago. All right, well, thank you all for listening. Remember the. Voicemail, let us know how we're doing. 941-799-6099. That's it. Greens and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. Anon, yeah, you caught me. How does a 20-year professional forget his phone number? Well, I didn't forget my phone number. But <laughs> I did forget the voicemail number. For, for those of you that are wondering or maybe not wondering, uh, it was the second show that we've had the voice. Right. <laughs> and, and, and Mark will attest that I have had this little piece of paper attached to my computer so that I wouldn't make a mistake like that. And it says 941-799-6033. And I was trying last week to say it even more often than the first week, uh, which I failed to do this week. But so <laughs> I was just like, oh, 941-799-6033. Uh, say that a bunch of times. But, Anon, you're right. I should be more professional. I shouldn't just take it for granted that as I'm going to sign off that I'm remembering it correctly. I should look at the paper that I did. And I appreciate you, Anon, for pointing this out to me and making me a better 20-year and one-week professional uh, at this. Now, this is David in New Mexico. Um, so you can call him David if you want. David's, like the only, David's the only person I've ever heard of who's been arrested for calling radio programs. Well, <laughs> well thank you all for listening. Remember the thank you all for listening. Let, let, let's let's go. Well, we're going to have to hold the rest of them for other side of the rake. We've we've got a return visit from Skeeter. We'll get through it. We're not going to dwell on this like we did Mark's life story, <laughs> um, but. We uh we do have lots of other things to, to talk about that we probably won't get to either, but some of the more relevant ones, since we were talking about the history of Free Talk Live in the short history of Reigns and Edge, we have taken opposition. He's out to get us, richest man in the world, or one of the top two or three. Elon Musk is trying to crush Reigns and Edge. We're going to tell you about that on the other side of the break. Listen to Reigns and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network.
Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. It's Rains and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Henry Rains. And I'm Mark Edge. And we've completed the lengthy analysis and retrospective of Free Talk Live, Mark, and from just a tiny kindergarten student <laughs> to the man that he is today and his accompanying family and friends and uh, entourage of uh, Free Talk Live. Entourage isn't fair because they're all contributors and um, I, I couldn't even begin to name all the people that are involved in the production of this. But... And I really couldn't begin to name the voicemailer that was was leaving us stuff because I just called him a non for a not short for anonymous. I can I, certainly name him. <laughs> yes, I, I know you you have a special fondness for so many of your callers that um, they're 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 carved like the uh, the bark memory. of a tree. <laughs> they're 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 just there on your heart on the cold bark of your heart. Their their initials are there, their names are there, and they will each forever. and every one of them. Yeah. When when you forget your family, <laughs> the synapses deep in your brain will still be firing in that dementia riddled old age of. Uh, no, it's not going to be like that. You're going to be all that exercise is going to pay off. All the burpees. If there's if there's one alert. name that I'll be able to remember, it's David Olson. All right. Well, as I said, a non. Because <laughs> why not? And, That's what you've been calling and, him all week while you've been editing his stuff, right? Right. Well, when when he wants to be named in the voicemail, he will name himself. Okay. And now this is interesting because you know, much like the Marvel universe, the Reigns and Edge universe is now having crossovers on the voicemail. So Anon <laughs> Anon is going to interact. With the voicemail of Skeeter from last week. Okay. This was the second. We were doing reverse order. We played the third. So this was the second time he called with a voicemail. And I, by the time stamps, I believe he was calling in real time as he listened to the show last Friday. But let's see what he had to say on this one. And, but it is, Skeeter, if you're listening, you've got a compatriot. Yeah, I heard uh, Skeeter's call. And I, I, on, on your, uh, I heard you play his recording, and I heard him live on the Free Talk Live call that he made when he referenced uh, Captain uh, Narcissist. And uh, Skeeter is 
entirely correct, and Captain Narcissist... Now, I would like to point out that Skeeter had... And I'm even going to pull this up here because I, I want to make sure I give him proper credit, Skeeter. Because if you remember, if you if you were listening last week, I said that Skeeter made a good point. I'm not going to play the voicemail again. He wouldn't, wasn't that good. But it was a, about the Supreme Court decision and why you can't secede or whatever the issue was about secession, which I thought he, they were actually going to uh, talk about you know, what we were talking about at first on that. Then I realized it was about one of the other shows. Who's on Saturday night? On the Captain Kickass, um, Lee, uh, Peakless Mountaineer, and... Who's Captain Narcissist? That'd be Captain Kickass, yeah. Well, I've only known him as Captain Kickass. <laughs> well, is that his middle name? Yeah. Captain Narcissist Kickass? <laughs> it's... It is a long... Uh, or, or is that his given name at the end? You know, they, they that's... A lot of radio people don't want to use the Captain's real last Captain's a title, name. right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Skeeter had the uh, expository, <laughs> that sounds like suppository, <laughs> the exposition about Texas v. White and secession and why the Supreme Court had decided. And I want to point out that I, uh, without playing everything and reading everything again, I said Skeeter made a good point. Uh, et al. are entirely wrong regarding... Peter's legal allegations. All right. Uh, well, then he's, yeah, there's another 10 seconds there where he validates Skeeter some more. But I think it's interesting, not, not, his, not the voicemail, but, <laughs> but I think it's interesting that we, we're like the court of appeals, or maybe I am like, <laughs> I am like the judge. I, I, I am like the judge. The that, listeners are coming to you for a breath of fresh air, a little bit of common sense, Henry. I, I'm like the judge that put Trump Corp into receivership. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come to me for some sanity uh, about the crazy people. <laughs> and I'm going to say, put them all in receivership. And put a gag order on them, too. And well... If you accept that the Supreme Court has ruled that secession was uh, unacceptable um, shortly after uh, the Civil War. Well, if you're going to challenge this thing now, what it said is you can't secede unless you you can't secede unless you succeed in a revolution and, you know, sever yourself from everything and the, the power of the state, the previous state, doesn't come back and take you back over. Right. Well, then you then you accept that if the Supreme Court makes another decision on secession at some point in the future, that 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 uh, decision is also completely acceptable. This is the problem: is is that is Dred Scott the right law? Is Roe v. Wade well, the right law? That. Which one? Which one of these reversed decisions is the right ruling? The ones I agree with. That's right. That's what it all comes down to, is the Supreme Court isn't a, a judicial body, it's a, it's a political one. Which is why I now sit the Honorable Henry Raines, Justice of the Raines and Edge Court of Appeals. There you and, go. And you are the district attorney, the prosecutor, if you will. of One of the parties, certainly. Of the power of the Free Talk Live state. <laughs> Non-state. The power of the Free Talk Live non-state is invested in you. Is vested, invested, invested. I don't know. Um, but I just want my government bureaucrat paycheck. 
That's not my problem. <laughs> what, what, you want to come to me now and put Free Talk Live into receivership so you can get paid? That's right. Uh, well, there's a... <laughs> you know, for the trustee or with a conservator, there needs to be a little bit of... A little uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of ketchup, too. And I'm not talking about what goes on a sandwich. So, anyway. What kind of monster puts ketchup on a sandwich? Uh, I don't care. I just want my ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> my C-A-T-C-H. Space. U-P. All right. That, so, that was uh, an on-second... And you know whatever he felt the the you know he is like is he like Batman or Superman is he taking up for Skeeter he's taking up for those he's the Mother Teresa <laughs> of the callers being charitable about Skeeter so rather than go to the 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 more lengthy and pointed comment from Anon you know he's already corrected me on being such a sloppy professional and, and misspeaking uh, a number. And now he's come to the benefit of, of Skeeter. We're going to go to Skeeter has made a return appearance too. Oh, boy. Yes. And I, I, uh, when I did this, I knew what Skeeter was talking about, but I don't think I know anymore. Well, but we'll find out. It's your boy, the libertarian Terminator, young Skeet. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't begin to describe how... Now, did he just say the, the libertarian Terminator, yes, young Skeet? Young Skeet, perhaps? I thought it was young Skeet. Maybe uh, young. Yeah, but it sort of doesn't mean he's like killing libertarians if you're the libertarian Terminator? I think that what he's trying to say is, is that he is killing the libertarian ideas. Is that what he tries to do when he calls? Yes. Why does he listen to a libertarian show just to just so he can call and be the anti-libertarian guy? Free Talk Live is an open lines current events radio program where you can call in and talk about what's on your mind. It doesn't surprise me that people who are listening to their AM or FM radio stations in their town um, may be libertarians and hear Free Talk Live and have things that they may wish to say. Or maybe they've just been drinking. <laughs> Well, let's see what else was on Skeet. That happens. So, uh, young Skeet is uh, talking on this. Disappointed I am with my experience debating with deceptive libertarians from Freerider Talk Live. This past Saturday, I was making a case that wars and the drug war helped fiscally destroy the government when Ian allowed David Hathaway to interrupt me and obfuscate this fact with false claims about the DEAs. Oh, Skeet's outraged. You can't look at he doesn't the sound DEA that young, though. To gauge profitability of the drug war. It is their main federal revenue arm and source of asset seizure and only a fraction of the total cost of okay, the drug war. Okay, I remember now. So he was saying when the cost of the drug war and they were applying the street value of the drug's Confiscated. So, and were they? Was it that is part of the cost? Oh, you give me that. Yeah, I didn't say that. You're responsible for everything now. It's all on your shoulders. This is your cross to bear, Mister Quaker. And so Skeet is saying, "I, I I'm not. This is uh, this is a little bit lengthy." And, and oh, Skeet, really? Time is is precious. On Rains and Edge. We, we wouldn't just go rambling for minutes at a time on, 
who knows what. No guarantees. But it's a Friday night show. We're here to entertain. But I'm here to validate you, Skeet. Uh, uh, here at the Court of Appeals, we have heard <laughs> enough to know that, yes, I agree with Skeet, that if you're applying the street value of confiscated drugs as part of the cost of the drug war, uh, that's just not valid in my, in my court. So. Well, if you, uh, if you were to talk about what burglary costs society, you would certainly, um, talk about the things that were stolen and you would have to value them in some way. So you'd probably pick the retail value. Yes. But if you're talking to the street value of drugs, that's just sort of a made up number in most cases. People make it up and pay. <laughs> but you can follow a burglary. There was the something was purchased at some time or unless it's an appreciative asset and then, or perhaps you could be like Donald Trump and that's how you evaluate your personal property. Well, so I don't know. I'll agree with you. This The drugs are sort of like Schrodinger's cat when it comes to value. On one hand, you'll pay whatever you pay for the drugs to get them. On the other hand, if they get taken by the police, you're certainly not going to go and try to get them back. So they're worth zero at that point. They're either worth whatever that you paid Actually, for them. There, I've, there have been incidences where people have tried to get them back. And <laughs> very, very it did not work out well. Unwise people, yes. <laughs> but uh, so, so Skeet... This is, you, you call yourself young skeet. You sound like old skeet to me. A lot of, a lot of them are sounding like grumpy old callers. <laughs> but maybe it's just, you know, you have a little, you, you smoked a lot in your youth and your voice is a little rough now. Maybe he thinks he's young compared to AM listeners. Could be. But, but skeet, on this point, I have ruled again in your favor. As with Texas v. White, as with, Cost of the drug war, Skeet is two and zero in the course of appeals. <laughs> I, there's, uh, I've said on the air to something to the extent that there's no one that I hate to disagree with, to hate to agree with more than Skeet. All right, and finally, <laughs> finally, let's see if I can uh, get to the, the last, which is actually the first. This is a, I think that's a Bible verse. The last will be first. First will be last. I'll so take your word for it. We we are. Uh, here on this one, we're going to go with Anon. This was the very first thing that moved him to call the voicemail line, 941-799-6033. By the way, I put the uh, voicemail in the description. I think that was uh, Jeremy's uh, suggestion on the segments on the podcast that we actually had. Boy, I didn't put them in all of them because that seemed like a little uh, over the top. Like, like we really might want that many people to call. <laughs> we only got three hours here. <laughs> so this one, we had just come back uh, off a, a top of the hour. And prior to the top of the hour, I was making the point with you about how different people... We, well, first of all, in the previous segment, we had talked about you wanted less people to vote. Fewer. I said I wanted... Yeah. <laughs> Lesser people to vote. No, <laughs> no you wanted more or people. Greater, you greater wanted people to greater, vote. Greater people to vote, but fewer of them. And I said, I wanted more people to vote. And then when we came back, I thought I would uh, read this poignant uh, memory from Robert Rice. He uh, was uh, Labor Secretary for President Clinton, I believe, and he's had some other... And, you know, he gets paid to be in, uh, an expert on different cable news now, and he's got a sub-stack. And it was all about um, him being very short in school and having to be protected 
and you'd have an upperclassman protect him. And uh, I believe the name of the upperclassman, and one in particular was Mickey, who was his defender, not not really a strong guy, but you know he he did the job for for little Robert. And uh, but the, Mickey went on to Freedom Summer to help black people uh, register to vote in Mississippi, and he was one of the uh, people that was murdered by the police, yeah, by the Ku Klux Klan, and assisted by the police and. Uh, Enabled by the police. Uh, and it, I, was, I was making the point, because it was different life experiences cause you to view things differently. Like, you are of that. See, I would say my, Mark comes to his conclusion in an intellectually honest way. And because he's made this plus and minus. I'm, I, you can correct me if I'm saying something wrong, but I don't think I'm saying it. You've, you've looked at the pros and cons, and this is what your conclusion is. And... By the way, when we get to talk about uh, Elon Musk's grudge against us, uh, <laughs> there'll be more about the, this. But uh, why I, I could almost agree with you on some aspects of this. And, but I come from a period of time where it was common to murder people to keep them from registering to vote, much less voting. And so I... I uh, I was trying to do it without just me saying, well, I sat around the dinner table and I heard people say nasty things. You know, I, I wanted a real-life situation. Sure. That, and I thought it was sort of a poignant story. I don't know how... It is a poignant story. There, there's no doubt about it. The The point that I would make is is not talking about what happened in 1960. What Talking about what happens today is is we can get... And we've had the most people vote in an election in the previous election. More people voted for Donald Trump than have ever voted for a seated president in history, which is to say, and he lost. He, he, and more people voted against him than ever voted, than voted for him. And there's more people voting now. And there are more people in the country now than there's ever been. And the evidence is, um, to me, in my opinion, that we are getting worse and worse options for the office of president than we've ever had. Um, that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are Terrible choices for Mission who should accomplished. Yeah, for who should be there. So, my, uh, this is not causative data, but it is correlative data. As we get more people voting, we get more, we get closer and closer to the archetype that is the idiocracy, right? The movie Idiocracy put out about 20 years ago was a warning, not a roadmap, but we've used it as a roadmap. And that we're getting that soon, and I don't know when, soon we will in fact have the porn star. That the guy with the largest unit will be sitting in the well, Oval Office. That's rather sexist of you. Why can't we have a female porn star? I think they would get more votes than the male porn star. Nobody even knows who they are. I don't know the answer, but I know that if you continue to ask more and more people to vote, you'll get dumber and dumber responses. So maybe one of those dumb responses is, we don't need women in the Oval Office. Could be, right? No, you never get Bill Clinton to sign on to that one. <laughs> Let me tell you a poignant story. Well, wait. Let me get get uh, Anon out of the way here. So, but you understood why I was telling that story after the fact, right? Sure. Okay. Well, I guess that was lost on uh, Anon here. Okay. Let's see. All right. He's ready to go. And this is a. We'll, this will wrap up the voicemail for the uh, for the week and probably for a couple weeks because we won't have you to discuss with it next week. 
Yeah, I was uh, just listening to you now. Yeah, I know. And I was wondering what the purpose of bringing uh, Robert Reich into your discussion was. I know it adds color, um, informs some people of things they probably didn't know about, but it, it, it didn't really relate directly to the point you were making subsequent to introducing Reich into the story. Um, and so, and it was kind of... By the way, I think I introduced Reich like a minute and a half into the segment after I prefaced it by saying, well, yeah, blah, 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 the previous segment, all right. But I don't want to, since this is the most critical thinking one of all the three, and there's only 10, 15, 20 seconds left, I will give them a few extra seconds here. Uh, and distracting, because if you start talking about Robert Reich, it sounds like we're going to talk about something about him, and in reality, <laughs> he has nothing to do with the points you're trying to make. His shortness. You just use him as a colorful way to kind of double, triple segue to the point you did want to make. So I don't really understand that. Maybe you could explain it. Thank you. Stop. No. <sighs> The double, triple segue. Uh, I think that will be available next month at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> and, all right. I everybody has a free cookie. Some, someday we're going to have so many of these that you will hear the best of them <laughs> and not the all of them. But until that happens, give us a call. You might, you won't be the first. could be the next. 941-799-6033. And Anon, I know it's right this time. So, Mark, we we are we we blown through so much time that we'll never have back again. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we do here on Free Talk Live. We uh, we do a program, and then it's uh, we have fun while we do it. Oh, well, we could always help you be informed. I, I don't know that the previous messages really informed that much. But one thing we I know would be helpful to people would be to to listen to this. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. So it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Mark, we... That's what we didn't talk about in the fast retrospective we were recorded just now. When did Dash become part of the Free Talk Live family? So um, during what I would call the uh, the run-up that surrounded the second-gen altcoins, so, you know, when they all sort of, uh, when everybody got excited about... Second-generation altcoins. Yeah. Which would, what else would be included in that? First-generation um, would be just Bitcoin. 
and then the second generation is all the other coins that came along. Ether? ETH would have been probably one of the first uh, second gens, as was Dash, uh, Monero. The first generation of the second generation. (laughs) Okay. So it's the first generation of the altcoins. But um, look, I didn't make up these titles. (laughs) Oh, I thought you did. No, I didn't. So, um, yeah. And I guess that would have been somewhere around 2017. The prices started running up and we, uh, I mean, maybe it's 2016. We contacted Dash and began to promote it because we really do think it's it is probably the best of the cryptocurrencies to use as uh, a currency, specifically. Bitcoin is its just too costly to use. It costs 2 or $3 in many cases to uh, send a Bitcoin transaction. Who's going to pay that to buy a cup of coffee? Okay. A cup of coffee should be... Well, it should be a dollar fifty, but um, <laughs> it's probably going to cost you two fifty. You're not going to pay two fifty to send the transaction for two fifty. Well, it all costs time, and we've pretty much used up this segment. Promised a lot to cover at the beginning of this show, and I don't know if we're going to do that. We will take up the Elon Musk vendetta against Reigns and Edge, but we might hit immigrants take a stand against immigration. Sixty percent of Americans think a third political party is needed. Maybe we'll talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., or we might even talk about gay sex between animals, which uh, will probably get us banned off other platforms, too. You're listening to Reigns and Edge on Free Talk Live Network. Free Talk Live. Welcome to Reigns and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Henry Reigns. I'm Mark Edge. And here we are in our third hour. Mark, you said it wouldn't last. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't no, know what no. they said. No, no, they said, please make it end. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's a well-known fact that... We've gotten. It's in, usually the next, the, after the, what follows that is not a well known fact. We're, we're living uh, rent free inside Elon Musk's brain. <laughs> because, well, it's, we're a physical threat. You're a physical threat. You've challenged him to a real cage match, not some uh, Mark Zuckerberg promotional cage match, real cage match. Hashtag real cage fight. Or real cage. I can't even remember which hashtag. Use both. <laughs> we're, we're a financial threat. We must be. I'll explain that in just a moment. Okay. And we're an existential threat. To being? To Elon Musk and ex-Twitter. Even though we are using it to... Get inside his head. <laughs> so, Reigns and Edge has been on about two months, and you know it's getting to the point that we're so polished now <laughs> that you know we 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 need to reach a broader audience. And, and plus, we we're not quite in the other six day of the week free talk live network shows where we're. we're we're a little something different. Yes. But Friday night always has been. It has? Yeah. 
The Friday show we would we would justify on Free Talk Live. My Friday nights are pretty much all the same. <laughs> we would justify sort of you know if there's a crazy loony story, we put it on Fridays. Our thought process being that um, the Friday show was if people are listening, they're listening, going to uh, the club, going to a bar, going to going out with friends, or they're. You know, however they're listening, that it, Friday night is just a little more. Yeah, if free. I was going out to the bar, this is what I'd be tuning on for my friends. <laughs> but of course, that would be me playing my own voice for my friend <laughs> and your voice too. Uh, Elon Musk is where we were at, so we, we that was the background. It was a little bit of a hassle. We got the blue check mark, or at least on at Henry Rain show is the handle, but it's. I think it says Reigns and Edge now when you go to the profile page yep. of uh, X Twitter. And then even the whole rent free in his brain, after we started calling it X Twitter, he started calling it himself X Twitter, which is really uh, for such a you, brilliant. I think we would have gotten credit for that. Well, for such a supposedly brilliant marketer and innovator and, um, you know, master of the marketplace. You would think that he wouldn't call something that he's trying to brand X, X Twitter, and remind everybody that it's the the new Coke that we don't want you to remember as the new Coke as the old Coke, but we we don't know what we are anymore. I have a question about X Twitter that maybe you can answer. How do you get to X? What is the URL that you type in? To get to X. Better yet. Have you looked? Is this a, this, this trick question for me? It's not a trick question. Because well, I've, 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 I've looked at this. Okay. But since you, you got your phone there, right? Yeah. Let, let's, do it, let's do a live on the air uh, attempt. Go to, go to your search engine and just put X. Put X Twitter. Put X Twitter in the search engine. And okay. Uh, all right. Go into and the... I, I will do this, too, on Chrome, too. So, we'll, so search engine, or do you want me to... What? Well, I am going to put it in the address bar of uh, a Chrome tab. Okay. So I'm going to put... So you're going to do that, and I'm going to go to a um, just a search page, right? All right. And I type in X Twitter. Yeah. And what I get is Twitter.com. Okay, and I've got X Twitter. And I search, and it says Twitter.com. Yep. Okay. Let's try. I'm going to just try X social media. Maybe I maybe I I, I skewed the result by putting Twitter in the, the search. I will just do X social media. Oh, that'll get you all kinds of stuff. If I do X Twitter X, I get X. But it doesn't say Twitter. That's the, the URL? No, there is no URL next to this, which is strange, because everything else has a URL. It just, the URL's hidden. X social media is something else altogether. Social media is, X social media is suing X, a social media company. That's funny. That's just two days ago. <laughs> well, see... Even when we're not trying to, we're exposing him. So let's see what his judicial problems are. An ad agency called X Social Media alleges that the company formerly known as Twitter 
has caused marketplace confusion. Well, I will vouch for that. And lost revenue. It was bound to happen, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about uh, lost revenue, but all right. Uh, X Social Media, an ad agency from Florida, alleges this. Let me see where it is. Uh, it's unclear how strong X Social Media. I think it's got a pretty strong case, actually. Uh, let's see. Where is it filed? The Middle District of Florida. It must be around Orlando, maybe? And there's, uh, yeah, I'd have to read this. There's a whole uh, 17 page complaint here. Wow. And I'm not going to go any further. I, I, I really feel in, in, my, in my position as the, he, the Chief as the Justice judge. of the Appeals Court <laughs> of Reigns and Edge, uh, I rule in favor of X and against <laughs> Elon Musk. And against X. And his, uh, <laughs> his trampling of the rights of the little guy. Uh, so anyway, I finally got the blue check mark. I told you about that when it happened so that we could use the um, boosting power, the uh, ad uh, platform with built in. And actually, if you go to that, it's still all Twitter over there too, uh, do the campaigns. So I also did that with Facebook this last week. And with Facebook, uh, I had already done similar boost for like uh, Suncoast Pro Wrestling is my old wrestling company and I boosted some of the videos there in the past not recently but it, it worked very well I, I think one of my main videos got like 20,000 views when I did that and uh, I've done it for some uh, Henry Rain show in the past and actually this refers back to when I said I almost could agree with you about fewer people voting uh, <laughs> so uh, you know I I opened up the wallet, I gotta say, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you I, opened in your wallet. It's I, an amazing I, thing. I didn't. I didn't ask you for a dime. <laughs> I I opened it up, put down ten bucks, ten whole dollars on Facebook, and moth eaten ten pulled out of the wallet. Well, no, it actually comes off a digital account. I mean, it's you know, it's Visa. But uh, it's real money. No, it's, as real as uh, fiat dollars get. It's real enough. It got me ten dollars <laughs> a promotion on Facebook. It did. Uh, oh god, it's going to make me log in. I'm not going to do that. But because, but it was a two day promotion. Mark Zuckerberg, for all his other faults, is not scared. He is willing to take Moz ten dollars <laughs> because. He is a businessman. He's a real businessman. He isn't one of these uh, narcissistic self-promoters. I mean, really, we think about it. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't do a whole lot of uh, self-promotion, and he, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him tweet. And, <laughs> well, indeed, I haven't. But uh, so we we got. I don't know. For ten dollars. Got, I don't know, hundreds of impressions. We got uh, like 190 engagements. So that's not a bad. You used to sell advertising from what I've heard. And $10 uh, to get clicks and whatever, that's... that's that Anything is. that you can spend $10 on, I mean, you know, uh, any advertising that works for $10 is yeah. special. Well, I know when we did Google Ads at another, uh, at the medical practice that I managed, and this was like 2017, 2015 in that area. Yeah, you, know, you, you basically got charged about six dollars for every click. 
That yeah. sounds familiar. To me. Sounds right. So if you, if you're getting uh, 190 thumbs up and and clicks and stuff like that for ten dollars, yeah, I'll, I'll I speak the truth until it pays me not to, <laughs> and nothing is paying me to not speak the truth now. <laughs> and I'm willing to say, Mark Zuckerberg, you gave me a good deal. You got real ten dollars from me, but yep. you you gave so now. Elon Musk last week. I ten dollars? No, twenty dollars. I was going to do a twenty dollar campaign on X Twitter because I figured you know there's like a, a thousand followers to start with. That's more than the yeah, that's where, that's Facebook where, page for us. That's where we've got our sort of presence already. Oh, you got a big presence there. Okay, that's why I always tag you in the. I tag you and the Free Talk Live in there every okay. time I tweet. All right. And, uh, so I break it up. I target it. Everything looks good to go. And I picked one episode from last week. It was segment six, and that was about the book banning in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, and same thing I did on Facebook. By the way, I have we got, I don't know, 50 comments, 100 comments. It was a lot of comments, but all, half of the comments were all from one person. It was sort of the equivalent of a non in the voicemail <laughs> on, on Facebook. This one guy, he put up thing after thing uh, uh, about uh, the book banning. And a lot of people, and, and I won't redo the whole story, but basically it, it was a public interest group that had said that the state of Florida had banned more books in high school, I mean, in public school libraries and public school classrooms than any other state. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we didn't do the study. It's an ignominious and title. We, we taught, we did that. And then there's all the pluses and minus and the whole argument. You go back, actually look for the, the tweets and the Facebook page, but go to segment six on Reigns and Edge from last week, and you'll, you'll get there. And then the other thing in that segment was uh, the Naked Attraction dating game. <laughs> that, that was on uh, HBO. So, cause I, I wanted something, I thought it was a good choice, cause we had something that was newsworthy, and we had something Human interest. for titillating, uh, Curian interest. Perfect. <laughs> something for everybody. And so I, I get that ready to go. Now, and before I did this, I was even careful, you know, cause you, you got, you libertarians, you you got the big middle finger at a lot of people. <laughs> Indeed. And but see where it gets you. Yes. <laughs> me, I'm I'm perfectly happy to be compliant and and give it a shot at I'm I will be compliant and see just how much benefit I get out of it. Cuz that is the rational point of view. Okay. As opposed to the idealistic <laughs> point of view. Much like I'm going to tell the truth until you pay me not to. <laughs> And, and and you will know because all of a sudden I'm saying something different than I said last week. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very, like very gold mine. I'm honest in my dishonesty. I wonder if Robert Reich's like this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I looked. I did a hashtag naked attraction to see if that stuff was out on Twitter. Because, you know, there's a lot of controversy about X Twitter, about they're not censoring. They are censoring. Uh, they're promoting... Uh, uh, Racist white supremacist stuff. You know, uh, Musk is uh, making uh, veiled threats at the Anti Defamation League. 
he's in, uh, make, uh, being accused of anti-Semitism and some of his stuff. Um, in fact, uh, I'm not. I'm spilling the beans a little bit on more of this segment, but uh, Russian state media is getting very favorable coverage to Elon Musk. So, I see. Yes. Well. So, I, and then I even found the Twitter account, ex Twitter account for the Naked Attraction uh, dating show uh, in the UK, which is where I it originated. Yeah. So it's there. I tagged them and I tagged the hashtag that was easily found through the search engine on X Twitter. Didn't try and hide it from me. And it was there. And I did the, the book banning stuff. So I submit it. And everything looks good to go. And then I get an email. You have been suspended from ad campaigns on X Twitter because of your business practices. And I have to tell you, I was offended. <laughs> I have no business practices. <laughs> you have to have a business to have business practices. This is one of these things these social media um, companies do is they have, you know, these very low paid individuals in foreign countries. Algorithms. Yeah. Well, th- you, you wish it was algorithms. Um, I'm not sure that in many cases it is. I think they I, have it, a. I, it couldn't have been a person because it happened like in. Uh, okay. Under under minutes. Okay. Yeah. It was just like nah. Well. So I know. I mean, it is obvious. It is plain as the mic the mic condom in front of your mouth there that Elon Musk has already blackballed us. <laughs> it is the only logical explanation about why, and they probably use the naked attraction uh, as uh, an excuse. Like there, I was peddling sexual businesses or, or something like that. The ones that. that they were peddling. Yes. Like all you did was tag their pages and their users um, and use hashtags that are already available on their site. Yes. This is how I felt when Entrapment. Facebook gave us a ban, um, and a ban's not the right term, uh, a suspension on Facebook for sharing one of their pages. So there are these uh, ladies in the Gold Coast of Australia who run around in bikinis plugging meter maids. They're called the Gold Coast Meter Maids. And they put uh, money in meters, and the businesses pay them. Did you say to do plugging meter maids? Plugging meters. Oh. They plug the meters. They are meter maids. Um, so they, they I thought you said plugging meter maids, and of course you got banned for that. <laughs> That's an entirely different thing. They... So anyway, the local businesses, the ice cream shops and the t-shirt businesses and all that stuff, they pay these ladies to, you know, be hot and plug meter, uh, meters. And Does that mean you're putting money in the meter? Yeah. So you're doing a public service? Well, if you call that a plug, public service, sure. It, the it local- keeps people from getting an offense, right? Yes. The, well, the businesses like it. The town likes it. Everybody likes it there. But we were sharing this page. Because they do it in bikinis, and we were just sort of showing that, hey, um, you know, we were doing climate's nice. It, many of the activists were doing something similar in Keene, New Hampshire, but they were mad about it. And or well, is it in the winter? The the, the bikinis. 
No, they weren't doing it in the bikinis. <laughs> oh, okay. The activists weren't mad. Well, there's a the meter maids plot. in Keene were mad because the activists were trying to be efficient. They were looking for the meter maids and then plugging the meters as the meter maids went around, and it was affecting the revenue. So the town was unhappy, the meter maids were unhappy, and all this kind of thing. Anyway, we shared this page, and we got a ban for sharing a Facebook page on Facebook. So it, that's exactly what happened to you. Did you grease the wheels for Mark Zuckerberg? No, I, I no grease occurred. Apparently, that was the problem. Yeah. Well, it's obvious. There's, you know, some things are just clear as day. <laughs> and, and now, exhibit number two. So we get the denial. We're suspended. Mm-hmm. I okay. I'm like, I you don't want my to, money. No, no, no. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking. I want to make sure when I come before the court of the Reigns and Edge listeners that, because I'll be acting as prosecutor and judge at that time, so I, I need to, I don't want to have to recuse myself, so I want to be fair. Because uh, if I recuse myself, we go nowhere. <laughs> and I, I, and, and we were even talked to you and I. This is this is actual facts here. Everything is coming out of my mouth since this the show has started. This is factual. But we had actually talked about doing a Twitter Spaces because um, the outrage mm-hmm. of Elon Musk's vendetta against us that we shut him down. So I said, let's do a Twitter Spaces. We're going to take this public right now. And then I my cooler head took over, and I said. Let me follow the protocol. Let me comply. I will write the appeal and let it go. Hear nothing. Another day goes by. Hear nothing. I'm starting to do the show prep. For those of you that don't know the show prep, it is over the top too much show prep that I do that Mark never looks at. <laughs> but if there's a professional here, it isn't me. It isn't me. I, I put in the show prep a day and a half ago, I put the... Uh, expose about Musk's plan for Twitter that was leaked by a, a whistleblower. What is true, allegedly the true plan was. And I put a second article about Elon Musk because he needs to know the power and the voice of Reigns and Edge <laughs> when he's, when he's traveling this world thinking he's a big shot uh, about, uh, the Russian media pumping him up and uh, showing him favoritism and, and actually almost calling him an agent of the Russian state. Oh, God. Yes. Within hours, my email shows, uh-huh. you've been approved. Ah, we got approved. But, you know, you can't take my $20 and buy me off. So we're still going to talk about this stuff. <laughs> I read my research, Elon. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't copy and paste all this stuff for nothing, Elon. <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with here. <laughs> you think you know. Uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Can you imagine the flurry of memos that must have gone on there at X Twitter uh, over you? Do they do memos there? I'm sure. Emails? I thought he just has a neural implant on his favorite employees. And he just <laughs> he just zaps them. <laughs> Give him a little shock. Well, of course, like I said, we're we're already on the algorithm in our own little uh, subcode there about anything with Reigns, Edge, Mark, at at one med. That's got to go straight to the top. Yes, because it can't appear as though 
Elon's targeting us. But of course, you know, we got to target us. Well, you'll know. You know that he's not targeting us. Has he ever tweeted about us? Well, no. But he tweets about everything else. That's right. So that shows you That's right. that he's singling us out to not tweet about. It, you know, you, you do give compelling evidence. Yes, I do. And I also, keeping time on this segment, on the other side of these messages, we'll just barely scratch the surface of Elon because we have important stories to do. And I don't know how we're going to get all 17 into them in the last segment of this show. <laughs> but you're listening to Rain's and Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Henry Raines. I'm Mark Edge. Well, it's our final segment of the day, Mark. Pretty much exposed Elon Musk in the last, <laughs> as far as it, how it concerns us. But there's a bigger Elon Musk than just the ones that's obsessed with us. The part of him. That, you know, I realize, and we'll talk about this more in, when we have more time, But because there was a lot of stuff about Ukraine and uh, in the news this week and other places. And I can be very Machiavellian in my thinking and very ruthless in my analysis of, you know, I, 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 I self-describe as a reluctant imperialist, which probably is another reason so many people associated with Free Talk Live say, well, what is that guy doing here? But I, I realize I can compartmentalize I, I just, as long as I don't have to actually do the cruel acts, but I can compartmentalize the cruel acts and, and understand the logic. You know, it's like a, a Darth Vader lives in me, but I keep him contained. The force has surrounded the inner Darth. It hasn't, I don't think, on Elon Musk. On the day that the public records revealed uh, that Elon Musk had become Twitter's biggest shareholder, an unknown sender texted the billionaire and recommended an article imploring him to acquire the social network outright. Now, we don't know that that was what motivated him, but they're, like as you said, it's correlative. Correlative? Correlative. 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 Really? You think so? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I thought I like correlative. Okay, I like it. I mean, I'm for yeah, it. I mean, it, has a, it rolls off the tongue better. It sounds like kitchenware, Correlative. Though. Or it could just be like the old word perfect. Kind of word processing program. <laughs> Corral. Yeah. Anyway, Musk's, Musk's purchase of Twitter, the 3,000 word anonymous article. Yeah, it's hard. 3,000 words, that's barely enough yes. to. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. AI can generate that in no time at all now, but that was pre AI, I guess. Uh, anyway, it would amount to, this is in quotes, declaration of war against the globalist American empire. Let that roll around in your head a little bit. Okay. Declaration of war against the globalist American empire. So we have this South African. <laughs> well, isn't he? Isn't he? He is South African. I mean, he's probably a U.S. citizen now. Perhaps. Maybe he's got dual citizenship. Why would you trial want to, citizen? Tri why citizen. would you want to be a U.S. citizen if you were Elon Musk? If you had that much money, you wouldn't want to be a U.S. citizen. The rich ones are trying to get rid of their citizenship. Okay. 
I I don't think he's. I, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't want to speculate. We don't speculate here. We deal in <laughs> facts. <sighs> anyway, the Center Text was offering Musk uh, a playbook for the takeover and transformation of Twitter. The three texts were sent on uh, at the anniversary of Musk's purchase approaches. The identity of the center remains unknown. The three texts were sent on April 4th of 2022. In the 18 months, uh, Twitter appears to have closely followed the roadmap, including the ongoing attacks against the Anti-Defamation League, uh, as well as the series of actions that would be described as four steps. Blame the platform for its users. Coordinated pressure campaign. That was step two. Three, exodus of the blue checks. Deplatforming. Anyway, let's see. The redacted documents were unearthed by the Chancery Daily, an independent legal publication covering proceedings before the Delaware Court of Chancery. That's how it got, I guess, it's in discovery. Uh, the wording of the text matches the subtitles of the article, The Battle of the Century. Here's what happens if Elon Musk buys Twitter. Uh, anyway, it comes down to, although no byline, the pseudonym is Moxie Russo. Russo, Russia. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, the site's run by a far-right blogger. Uh, that's where it was published, not the chancery that discovered it after yeah. the discovery. Um, by far-right blogger Darren Beatty, a former Trump White House speechwriter who was fired in 2018 for having spoken on a panel alongside white nationalists. After the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, Beatty promoted the claim that FBI had planted agents in the crowd who incited to storm the building. And we're not going to have time to go through all of this, but... Um, Maybe we'll, we'll we'll get to this. We we won't just let things lie. We'll 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 find more out about this because well, I want to get to the anyway. It all uh, links uh, Elon Musk to the support of white supremacists. Why why well, it's maybe some speculation about why there's so much more white supremacy on the site now and things like that. Well, I could speculate on that. I mean, if you. Everybody will shut down white supremacy talk, and there's different sort of degrees of it. It's it's uh, to the most mild thing of pointing out that you know, hey, the bell curve. This book from you know the 90s mentions that uh, IQs are different than you know in this group than that group. Well, that's one thing, and relatively mild to you know, hey, let's uh, burn crosses in people's yards, and uh, you know, most of the most of the social media says nothing. Zero. Whereas Musk takes it much more case by case. Is this um, is this Nazi talk or is it not? And yeah, goes from there. By the way, he's a U.S. citizen. No, You're fast on the research there. Well, I've had it for a while now. At this point, even faster. <laughs> the article also expressed sympathy for the Russian government-controlled news outlets Russia Today and Sputnik saying they've been unfairly canceled after Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did think that the Russian, Russian canceling, like, let's not buy vodka because Russia, Russia invaded Ukraine sounded dumb to me. There's lots of good reasons not to buy vodka. That's not one of them. I used to uh, use Russia today for sources back in the mid-aughts of 2000. But I have seen... Uh, them progressively go 
more propaganda style than like Al Jazeera has. If if you're not dealing with something that affects the government of Qatar, where it's based, Qatar, yeah, you know, um, it's good media. Yeah, and, and or and like uh, uh, WION out of India. If you don't deal with something that has to do with Hindu nationalism, you get pretty good global news there. And but you can see things start to go and just like a relentless, you know, there's there's propaganda and then there's like subtle propaganda. And they've gone from subtle propaganda to just hitting you over the head on it. Uh, there was a, um, play, a site called Vineyard of the Saker, S-A-K-E-R. People can go look it up if they want. Um, I, in the, around 2014, I, I would like to go to that site and uh, it was obviously someone who had experience as a Russian, either Russian citizen or Russian resident or something, and they were in the U.S. They were writing from the U.S. So they didn't uh, make a secret of that. Uh, and it was a very good uh, place to get a, the opposing side of view when, you know, I, I don't think it's a going out on a limb to say that we sponsored the, the coup. Okay. Uh, the American Empire. The Western empires um, were promoted the coup. Sponsored is a bad, probably a bad word too. P supported the uh, electoral coup and the um, the actual coup against the uh, elected governor of Ukraine that was allied with Russia. Around 2014, I think, is when that happened. And it was a good place to get some of the background on the different players and stuff like that. It was subtle propaganda. And now, ever since the invasion of Ukraine, I mean, you go to that that site now, and it's like, you know, a bunch of pejoratives about Americans. This is like before we even dumped all the billions of dollars into Ukraine and active war, but just uh, and there's uh, like Pepe Escobar is a writer that I like to use who is pro Russia, but I like used to like to read his stuff, and then it just get you know way over like when. They had the initial invasion, and you didn't know who was going to uh, come out on top. And, right. And, and I think I told you, I told my accountant when he asked me how I thought I was going, I said, we'll, we'll fight to the last Ukrainian. And then, uh, you know, they, they did surprisingly well, better than expectation. I really thought before that happened that, uh, you know, it, we were just doing a delaying game, trying to cost Russia, and you know, Postpone the inevitable and get it into perhaps a stalemate and just grind it like like Afghanistan when we started sending weapons to the Mujahideen before Russia ever invaded. Um, you know the trying the big new Brzezinski was trying to draw them into Afghanistan to right. to, to suffer. Well, you know I, I thought that and, and but now once the stalemate really happened and then the sort of reversal started to happen. And I looked at these sites, and they're like, well, I'm like, what reality are they looking at? You know, it's hard to deny at least something in the middle is happening. You know, not, it certainly isn't what you're describing. I'm not saying it's what we describe, <laughs> but it, isn't, it ain't what you're describing. So anyway, that, that was just a long digression about, uh, you know, that, to say that I do look at some of this stuff, and I try and triangulate on the truth. And sometimes, you know, you just... The emperor has no clothes, and you can see the woo-woo. <laughs> you know which way it's pointed. Uh, 
Kremlin propaganda. This second article. Kremlin propagandist praised Elon Musk for his mockery of Ukraine President uh, Zelensky's appeals for military aid to fight aggression. Comments made on the Russia One channel follow a meme Musk shared on X, formerly Twitter, photoshopped image of Zelensky. And uh, when it's been five minutes, you haven't asked for a billion dollars in aid meme. Oh, I've seen that meme, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it goes on, and there's some other th- different, multiple quotes here of people favorable, sort of like what, how they, they talk about Tucker Carlson over there. And uh, anyway, I said we'd talk about it. We've talked about it. You can add anything you want to it. I think that uh, no American should be forced to pay for a war in Ukraine that they don't want to participate in. Yeah, but you don't think we should be forced to pay for any war. It's true. Yeah. So I was. Well, I'm I, against the next war too. I was. Yeah. I was against this one before it started. And you're consistent. <laughs> uh, if I talk, if I pick up here on this topic, we'll go on all the way to the end of the segment. And we've got other important things to do that we can at least touch on. Um, I'm not even going to bother talking about naked attraction and the, although there's some really good stuff in here. The, 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 uh, never mind. Forget what I just said. Uh, Daryl Olson is the executive producer of the show. And, uh, let's see. The second Olson on the show today. Oh, okay. Oh, the other one. Well, this is, this was, what did I say? Darren? Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. Daryl and Daryl and Daryl. Yeah. Uh, but we had a David, is that right? That's right. Yeah. How, how could I forget that? Uh, anyway, it goes on and it's on. Uh, uh, let's see. A few questions here. Uh, was the are, are Americans more or less prudish than you expected? Uh, what's happening in the States is like the UK seven or eight years ago. I can't believe this on screen. And then finally to, this is quite amazing. <laughs> um uh, celebrity. Oh, have you thought about doing a celebrity version of the show? <laughs> we would love to do a celebrity version. If you can round up enough celebrities, that would be a great way to launch a U.S. season. It sure would be, but I tend to think that celebrities are not full. That they're, um, only the, the several celebrities that you want to see naked the least would their agents allow them to go on. Uh, let me ask this. Can a show where people are judging, dismissing others based on the most superficial of things like their genitals? Well, fact, actually, your genitals are not superficial because <laughs> less the, that are superficial uh, than hardly other. anybody gets to see them so yeah. uh, lightly. <laughs> uh, I, I disagree. What this proves every person is different and not just facially. We've all got different genitals. We've all got different big toes. Uh, well, there's so much material here. I I I can't. Uh, well, well, I am unsurprised that the what is called naked attraction. I'm unsurprised that this show does well because everybody likes nudity. They're interested in it, um, whether they want to be mad about it or whether they want to look at it. Whatever the situation is, they they are attracted to nudity. However. I'm with uh, you know the, the the premise here that this is a pretty terrible way to pick a life mate. Um, if you're picking a life mate based on genitals, then you know better better well, choices. Knees and elbows and things. Fine, like that, those too. All those things. <laughs> one of the one of the questions here, and I won't try and read it directly, is they're saying do uh, do the men. 
do they do anything to present that part of their body a little more favorably? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, I don't know, because they're hidden until it gets that high. <laughs> By the way, as if you didn't listen last week, they start with the feet, and they reveal more and more of the person until they get to the face. And then when they get down to the last two contestants, who the, the woman, or it could be the reversal on the sexes, um, has to get naked too before she picks her the winner. But um, he goes, I don't know what's happening because it's hidden. So, so they may be. Does the winner get when the woman in this case? Um, well, let's let's use women. As, so there's four guys that are being uh, trotted out naked. Um, there's one woman clothed that is picking between them. She has to get naked before she picks. But can she be rejected after, based there's on... There's six contestants, so okay. after four are eliminated, she has to get naked. Okay. And then does she... can Is she possibly eliminated too? Is this, uh, is this superficial in both directions? Well, I imagine you could say, you know, I don't want to go out with that, that mm-hmm. person. I see. I almost said something very unkind. And, uh, <laughs> that's unlike me. Unkindness is, and this show seems to go hand in hand. They're huh. skipping down the primrose path, unkindness in the show. Yeah, the whole show is based on <sighs> getting judgy. At, at least anxiety. And... Yeah. By the way, I would lose. <laughs> we probably, You know, Mark, I I don't want to be unkind. <laughs> but you have to get past the producers. Right. So there, there is a whole filtering process here. I suspect, uh, yeah. Lots of people would, wouldn't, would lose, mm-hmm. and they lose before they ever get to the show. Right. All right. So well, let's go with the last story here. I think this one is one we can all re- relate to. <laughs> Gay sex between animals evolved for a very important reason. What is that reason? Uh, sex between same-sex couples has been reported. This is really quite interesting. And I, we've got I, about five they, minutes to deal with they it. They must be re- labeling sex as a very broad term. Uh, well, these are big numbers. Same, sex between same-sex couples has been reported in more than 1,500 animal species, including all the main groups of vertebrates, such as fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals. It has also been seen... As if you didn't know what the five vertebrates were. I don't think I could have just said that without a little bit of thought. I think I could have. But I learned lists. Well, next time we'll test you. (laughs) Indeed. Well, in fact, I can test you right now. (laughs) Okay, good. It's, It's also been seen in the main invertebrate groups. Oh no! Which are? I don't know if I can do that. Mollusks. Um, uh, uh, what are crabs called? Uh, um, yeah, I'm not. No, going to You're getting to it. too specific. Okay. Okay. Insects. Insects. Okay. Uh, spiders, uh-huh. which are different than insects. Right. Echinoderms. I don't know what that is. Well, a starfish are an example of those. Okay. Nematodes, which yeah. are the parasitic the worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's particularly common in non-human primates, which means like basically apes, monkeys, things like that. Right. Uh, it also includes lemurs. Lemur? Lem- lemurs, yeah. yeah. I, I believe shrews are primates, or at least were classified at one point as primates. But, huh. Well, 
I wonder, are sloths, I would think, are primates. I don't think so. Oh. Anyway, that's 51 species. Over the years, a number of theories... By the way, I want to say this early in this discussion. I'm not surprised so, the dirty little monkeys so, are doing that. I, I want to say two things. I want to say correctly the voicemail number. Any of this stuff that you want to comment on, 941-799-6033. And that's a symmetrical six on one side of the zero to the left, and then a, two numbers that add to six, three, three. 941-799-6033. Don't be punching nine nine in there at the end. Mm. I don't know where you get that stuff from. Uh, I, years ago, and he's passed on now, but a very interesting man I had a chance to interview, full hour, Leonard Schlein, S-C-H-L-A-I-N. He was a brain surgeon, neurosurgeon, brain surgeon, and his hobby was anthropology. And he was a best-selling anthropology author. <laughs> and I got to interview him about the book Sex, Time, and Power. And he had a very interesting uh, theory about how homosexuality arose in the human species. But we'll, we'll stick with this for a moment. Uh, over the years, a number of theories have been proposed to why animals engage in same-sex sexual behavior. Uh, includes not only mating, but mo monogamous same-sex relationships. These include cases of mistaken identity, <laughs> uh, limited availability of partners of the opposite sex, sexual frustration. Uh, there's also the all, you know, the dominance thing. Uh, but uh, the team also found male same-sex sexual behavior was more likely to evolve in species where males often kill each other as adults, uh, known as adulticide. In this scenario, same-sex sex may be used to diffuse tension in groups and reduce the risk of violent conflict between males. Mm. So I, I think still that, that sort of qualifies as Dominance and submission. I think it does too. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I want to tell Leonard Slane's idea because his his was a great idea, which he could never prove. But he said, and this was especially important as the human species went left the fertile crescent and the agricultural uh, aspect. But it would have started sooner than that in the hunter gatherer society that. Having uh, this random occurrence of uh, homosexuality, and then we're not talking male and or female, we're talking both. Uh, well, I guess and or would include female. <laughs> male and or female. Uh, created unattached, unburdened adults in the tribe. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't couple up with somebody, but if you're less interested in sex with the other person, you will procreate less. Sure. So you will have, so it, it's skewed to more adults because just by the nature of tribal society and hunter-gatherer society, you had some attrition in the adults when they'd go out to- Some didn't come to, back. To, yes. And so you had unattached adults to pick up the slack. And so tribes or, 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 or clans or whatever you want to call them, I guess clan is low, smaller than tribe. Okay. The, the clan, had a better chance of survival and procreating more. And I thought... Explain it to me why it is, um, because... So some people to go out and they don't come back. Because there is a high mortality of adults. Uh-huh. And someone had to take care of the kids. And if you had a surplus of adults, it made up for the mortality 
uh, of other adults. So that way the uh, kids uh, of people that are now dead were picked up, rather they were picked up by non-mated uh, adults rather than, or, you know, same-sex mated adults. It, it would have to mean that the occurrence of homosexuality occurred in some kind of random pattern and not uh, hereditary because you wouldn't be creating other ones. Interestingly, um, twins are more likely to be homosexual. I don't know if that has to do with hereditary. Is heredity. that your personal experience? or No, no. It's You can look, you can look it up on the interwebs. I'm told to me by a gay guy, one of our former co-hosts, uh, Dale Everett. Uh, I'm glad you attributed that. <laughs> There's more to be. Uh, I wish Leonard Schlein was still around, that we could talk to him. He had some other great theories, too. Uh, uh, well, Mark, we have flown through most of these three hours talking about nothing like I originally planned, as I did the 35 pages of show prep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you did, though. Probably a good thing. And, and you're, you've got a recording now of posterity for your grand kids and great-grandkids of part of your life story. Presuming Jack breeds. Oh, I think he can. <laughs> I, I, I think the odds are, and, you know, he'll say, listen to the, Puffy's life story in his own words. <laughs> so, well, we're wrapped up. Uh, we'll come up with some surprise for next week and then back to our format in two weeks. Uh, you've been listening to Rain's Edge on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Henry Rain. I'm Mark Edge. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.